This is Oasis City Radio Music. This is Oasis City Radio Music. This is Oasis City Radio Music. Twenty-four hours a day at oasiscityradio.com. Tune in, iHeartRadio, and the Oasis City Radio app. This is Oasis City Radio music. Oasis City Radio. Aren't you glad you came to church today? Aren't you glad you didn't stay home on this one? So glad to see you all and join everyone in welcoming you. Thank you for, for coming today. I know the presence of God is here, right? God, it's there that we're changed, that we're forever impacted. And so good to see Josh and Lacey. And Gianna was one of my youth leader's kids. Oh, my. Come on, Like kids. But I was a youth pastor, so I'm feeling old today. So good to see you and, and, and see old friends. And, and uh, man, God is doing some, some great things. Am I right? Well, grab your Bibles. We're going we're gonna to jump into the Word. Hey, let's, right where you're grabbing your Bibles, let's go over our mission statement today. I won't keep you too long. Is that all right? Mission statement. Is it on the screen? Can you see it? All right. Let's say this together. Empowering disciples and extending God's kingdom. Who is Oasis City Church? What are we doing? We're empowering disciples and extending God's kingdom. All right. Uh, and so what does that look like? How do we do that? What does it look like? Our vision is this. As a family of many races, cultures, and ages, we are growing together and becoming world changers through Christ. So we're going to commit these to memories. This is our mission statement, our vision statement. After seven years, they've been rewritten and redone because the mission is just expanding. Amen? There's more work to do. And we're glad you're here to partner with us in doing that. So uh, let's, let's jump into the word, if we can, today. Matthew chapter 10. I want to share with you my life verse. Is that okay? A life verse. How many of you have a life verse? Life verse is one of those verses that you're like, this is my life. This is my purpose. This is my vision. This is what I go after. When I wake up in the morning is to do, is to do this. You got it? Some of you, that might be the only thing you get out of the message today. All right, all right, all right. So you're going to get that, but that's a good one. Matthew chapter 10, verse 7. Uh, it's in a, the New Living Translation. It says this. It says, go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, and cast out demons. Give as freely as you've received. Let's read that last line together. Can we do that? Give as freely as you've received. Let's say that one more time because I skipped him. Give as freely as you have received. All right, let's pray. Father, we love you. God, we thank you that you are near. God, we give you all glory and honor and praise today. We thank you, Lord, that you... You draw near to us as we draw near to you. 
Father, we thank your Holy Spirit rests in this place, and we ask that you would speak to our hearts and change our lives today, that your word would go like a seed down in good soil of our hearts today. God, that it would bear fruit and, and much fruit, fruit that remains in us. Lord, we rebuke the enemy. We declare he has no place here to twist any word or to bring any confusion. We thank you, Lord, that the word washes our mind and cleanses our mind, and it is renewed by your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, last week we talked about the presence of God. It's a value. God's presence changes everything. We experience that today, right? When God's presence is here, everything changes, right? And I got this testimony uh, that I want to read to you. Can you want to hear it? Uh, actually, the, the first one is this. Is I walked into church 9 a.m. this morning, and a lady walks up to me, and she said, Hey, I got a report for you. I'm cancer-free. <laughs> That's something we can get excited about because, because you don't have cancer. But if you had cancer and you are now cancer free, you understand that God is moving. God is working. And so I got this text, a text that said this this week. It said this. It says, hey, thanks for praying for my dad. You brought one of your elders to pray for him at the hospital a few weeks ago. Wanted to give you an update. After two treatments, dad is in complete remission. No more signs of cancer. And no more treatments. He'll not see another doctor for three months. He had diabetes, a heart condition, stage three kidney disease. And the only medication he's on is one aspirin a day. I mean, come on, somebody. Our God is alive. And he's real and he's working. And, and, and when the presence of God, when God comes into contact with mortal flesh, something has to give. And human flesh comes into alignment with the will of God. And his presence changes everything. So I share that with you today as a testimony to say, if he did it for them, he'll do it for you. He'll do it for you. God is working. God is moving. And what I love about this, this scripture and why this is my life verse is because this, because Jesus tells people to, to spread the word. The kingdom of God is near. It's almost here. Now I know he said that 2000 years ago, but he was saying, listen, guys, it's almost here. The kingdom of heaven and it's, and then this is what you need to do. He's telling this, do what I did. Cast out demons, raise the dead, heal the sick, leprosy, be gone. And he said, and then freely as you've received, now freely give. There's a fundamental component of Christianity and following Jesus. And that is that whatever we receive, we give away. Christians, followers of Jesus are people who are called that whatever it is that we receive from God, we must give it away. As a matter of fact, I propose to you today that the, that the purpose of God blessing you, giving you increase, blessing your family, blessing your health, blessing your finances, is so that you can take that and you can give it away to others. It's his plan to extend the kingdom of heaven. He said this, I could just open up and bless everybody in the world. Or I could bless my people to be a blessing to those around them. What if God created you to be a blessing that you were so, you walked in such blessing and favor that the world wanted to be like you? You see, for too long, the church has, has not been attractive. And I'm not talking about seeker sense of Christianity. I'm talking about a church walking in the blessing and the fullness of the Lord. 
a church empowered by Holy Spirit, walking according to the ways of God in such a way, shining their light in such a way that the world came to them because of the goodness that came out of them. What if that was us? And what if that was God's plan all along? I believe with all of my heart that God gives to us so that we can give to others. And so I'll say it like this. Generosity is a key to revival. If we want to walk in revival and blessing and favor and presence, and we want to see God continue to pour out his spirit like never before, we've got to be more generous. We've got to understand what it means like to be generous people. You know, you're one of the most generous churches I've been around. You give so much of your time and your resources and your gifts and your finances. But, but I believe that there's a greater understanding of, of generosity that we need to walk in today. And I'm going to share some scripture with you and I'll, and I'll, and I'll be brief with that. Are you ready? I'll say it like this. Generosity is love in motion. God so loved the world that he gave. And what did he give? His only son. So God loved. I'm not talking about love like the food you love to eat when you get out of here. And if it happens to be 15 minutes later, you, you love it even more because you want it even more, right? You, 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 you need something so you love. And that's the, 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 the challenges of the English language, right? We use the same word for the food that we're going to eat after church today. Is the same word that God so loved the world that he gave, right? Doesn't seem like it works, right? You know, it's not quite adequate enough. So God so loved the world so much that he gave what was the most important thing in the history of the cosmos, Jesus Christ. The most valuable thing, the most precious thing, the most irreplaceable thing ever, I would say that was created, but, but he wasn't created. God gave the thing that was the most valuable of all time to us because of his love for us. So if God could give the thing that is the most valuable that is his to us, how much more so could we give to others the things that are not even ours? Think about it. Like if, if everything belongs to God, do you believe that? Because the Bible says it, right? I mean, it does. It does. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. You know, the earth is the Lord and everything, right? Right? Everything means everything. Tell your neighbor, everything, everything. means everything. God, God owns it all. It's all his. So, so how much more so should we be able to give what is not ours to others? That's the challenge. Our, our understanding of generosity isn't enough. We need to understand it more. And Holy Spirit helps us understand it more. That clock still says one minute, guys. 18 seconds. Can I have a few more minutes? Don't think I can put this together in 70 seconds. Let me say it like this. You can give without love, but you cannot love without giving. You can't love others. You can't love God without giving, without being a giver. You know, love is, love is giving, lust is getting, and sometimes we confuse them in our culture. Uh, we think we're in love, but we're really in lust 
right? Because we want something from someone, right? Think about, think about your, your, your favorite love song. You know, what it might be. Is it really a love song or is it, or is it a lust song? Is it what can you do for me? I mean, think about it. You know, before the day I met you, life was so unkind. But you're the key to my peace of mind? Is this love? Because you make me feel. Wait, you make me feel? Is this love or is it, is it lust? Is it, is it giving or is it getting? Think about it. We get them mixed up because we think it's love when it's really getting. But love is all about giving. When I was first married, there were things that I wanted from my spouse that I wasn't getting before I was married. Did Holy Spirit leave? Is he offended? I don't think he is. It's okay. Um, and, get, and, and, and guess what? It, 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 I, I, my perspective of marriage was very shallow. I was young. It was shallow. There were a whole lot more things that I was looking to get than I was bringing in to give to the marriage. It wasn't real mature. It wasn't real strong. 14 years later, Tara's gone for five days. I have three wonderful kids at home who are in dance and football and, you know, and then life as a, as a pastor and things that happen during the week. And so Saturday night when she gets off the plane and, and, and comes into the house at 1230 at midnight last night, the mature husband that I am isn't expecting anything from my wife. But instead I'm saying, what can I give to her? So that's why I spent a few hours last night cleaning the house. Yeah. Now listen... This, this is 14 years deep, y'all. 14 years. Okay? Why? Because I recognize that what fulfills me more than anything is to give. Like, I would rather give than get in this because it's, because it's a greater love than it was in year one. And year two and year three, it took a long time. It's taking a long time. Do you hear me? Loving is about giving. Not what we can get. So I want to ask you here today, if, if you're new to Christ and, and you've come to church today expecting to get something from the Lord, that's okay. Anybody that came here expecting to get something from the Lord, that's okay. But if you've been a follower of a Jesus for a long time and every week you come to church to get something, how mature are you? How mature are we if every week we come just to get something from God? Shouldn't it be that we come to give? Shouldn't it be that we can come to, to just worship God? God, I have to be at church today, not because of a special guest that might show up in a person, but because I know that I can go and I can worship you. Whether or not I feel you, whether or not the worship team sings my favorite song, whether or not they sing that new song that they wrote, no matter what, I'm going to go to church because I know I can worship God and I can give God glory. Because that's enough. Because it's a mature place in the Lord where you're saying, I'm coming because of what I can give. I'm going to worship God because the person beside me may be going through the worst week of their life. So I'm going to worship God because they might not be able to lift their hands right now. They might not be able to open their mouth and sing praises, but I'm going to sing praises because that person may need me to do it for them. And that's when all of a sudden we become people who are understanding that it's, that it's more blessed to give than to receive. 
are we believers who, who are coming to church with an expectancy of saying, God, I just want to give to others. God, I just want to give to you. God, it's all about others. And it's a mark of, the, of a true mature believer. In Luke chapter 16, verse 10, it says this. Whoever is faithful with very... If you are faithful in little things, you'll be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And then listen to this in verse 11. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? Think about this. Our earthly wealth management impacts our heavenly return. You see, verse 10 says, if you're, if you're faithful in little, God will allow you to be faithful in much. And we know the parable that comes before it. If we're faithful in managing what God gives us, he'll be faithful to give us more. So we understand it's a real simple financial principle. Your financial planner works on this system. You give them money. They're faithful to steward it well. You're going to give them more money. But if your financial planner is not faithful to steward the money that you give them the first time, are you going to give them more money? If you're smart, probably not, right? <laughs> if, if, they're not, if they're not diligent about it, right? But Jesus takes it to a different level. And this is what we have to get, church. Listen, this is not a prosperity message. Although God wants us to prosper. You can't separate prosperity from the kingdom. You can't. It's in it. It's all through the gospel. But I want you to hear this. Verse 11. Worldly wealth impacts our heavenly riches. If we manage earthly wealth, we get heavenly riches. Jesus is taking it to the next level and saying, listen, I, I, I know you love blessing. You love prosperity. You love when, when, when I give you more and I bless you in all these ways. And that I will do because if you're faithful in little, I'll let you be faithful in much. But he says, I'll take your worldly management and I'll give you heavenly blessings. That's incredible. So you understand, church, that our generosity has to have a different perspective, that we have to recognize that what we do with our finances here on earth has an eternal impact, and it impacts eternal things, and that there are heavenly riches waiting for us when we do this well. You can't separate the two. So what we do with our money here on earth is so critical in us being generous. Third John chapter two says this, dear friend, I hope all is well with you, that you are as healthy in body as you are strong in spirit. Healthy in body as you are strong in spirit. So he's praying that you'll be healthy. Your physical body will be as healthy as your spirit is strong. So this tells me that not only does what you do here on earth impact heavenly riches, but when your spirit is strong because you're building your spirit man, it impacts your physical body. How about that? This is like a cycle in the best way. It's, it's the snowball effect. Think of it like this. That, that, that when we manage these things on earth, we get heavenly blessings. And that's a wonderful thing. Those are better than earthly blessings. Right? And yet, when we're strong in spirit, when our spirit man is strong, God says, I'll bless your physical body. So it's this incredible cycle that we get that starts with managing earthly finances. What? They're that important. God cares that much about your bank account and the money that you have. And I want to challenge you with this. In Malachi chapter 3, it's a familiar passage when we talk about tithing 
And I'll talk about this for just a moment because we have to look at this from a godly perspective, not a 21st century American perspective. Are you with me? Are you? Thank you, all five. Thank you. Verse 10, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. What does tithe mean? The word tithe. Tenth. So bring the whole tenth into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for your blessing until it overflows. So when the question is asked, do I have to tithe? No, we get to tithe. If you're asking that question, it's the wrong question. It's the wrong question. You're asking the wrong question. Do I have to tithe? No, we get to tithe because with when we tithe, when we give the first 10% to God, what comes with it? This blessing. But what kind of blessing? He says, I will, well, I will do what? We'll go, we'll go back. He says, he says, and I will open the windows of heaven and pour out blessing until it overflows. Now, let me challenge you with this because this might be a challenge to your thinking. How many of you think that the storehouses in heaven that the windows are holding back just contain like American Benjamins? You hear me? Do you think they just contain like, like, material things here on earth. So, so when we're talking about the blessings of God from heaven being poured out on us, he's not talking about uh, earthly things, earthly provisions. He's talking about heavenly blessings. So how much more for us to recognize that we are accessing heavenly blessings when we are obedient to even God, the first 10%. This is mind-blowing, right? That heavenly blessings are better than earthly blessings. Trust me. The principle is still truth. You're faithful and little. You'll be faithful. and He'll give you more. He'll give you more of those earthly things. Yes, when you're faithful. But the heavenly blessings are what, are what happens. And then this, this is incredible. Verse 11. Then I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of the ground, nor will the vine in the field cast its grapes. So God rebukes the devourer. So I like to say it like this. As a tither, someone who gives the first 10%, everything we make, to God, to the local church, there are a lot of battles that I don't have to fight. That you're fighting if you're not tithing. So if you find yourself in this constant battle for your provision, for your necessary things, over your job, over the the fundamental things that you need in your life, I would ask you the question because it begs the question, well, are you tithing? Because God says he'll rebuke them and you don't have to fight that battle. And so the challenge is for us, how in the world can we live on 90%? Things are so tight. I don't know how I can do it. And that's why tithing isn't just the 10%, but it's the first 10%. 10%. Why? Because it's faith. Because yeah. it's faith. It's a step of faith for you to say, okay, God, I'm going to do this. It's a step of faith for many of you to say, God, I'm going to give you the first 10% because I don't know how I'm going to make up the rest of it. But do you know what? He makes up the rest of it. Yeah. As we're faithful to do the little things, manage our money well, live on a budget, do the things that God has called us to do, right? Yeah. He takes care of the rest. And he says it, I, he guarantees it so much. He says, test me in this. I'll take care of it. And so that's the challenge. It's like, test God. If you've never tried it, try it today. Yeah. We're not taking up another offering. Don't worry. <laughs> but try it today. 
Because, because what happens is this. It's not that we, it's something we have to do, but we get to do it. So there are storehouses in heaven with windows ready to be blown open with your name on them. And he's just waiting for you to be obedient and to say, God, you're first in my finances. God, where are you? I need your provision. God, where are you? What are you doing? And he's saying, listen, it's right here waiting. Y'all wear your good shoes today, didn't you? And I'm stepping on your toes. Is that why it's so quiet in here? I, I'm, just, I'm just challenging you guys because I'm telling you. I'm saying this. This is not for me. This is not for Oasis Church, Oasis City Church. Guess what? God will get resources into Oasis City Church through whoever he wants to. They don't even have to belong to this church. Why? Because God responds to faith. As we continue to step in faith, he's going to meet every single need that we have. Okay? You're not the source for Oasis City Church, all right? This is not about Oasis City Church. This is about you. This is about you walking in obedience and walking in the fullness of what God has for you. Do you hear me? That's why, that's why I can get excited about this. Because I'm sharing good news with you that will totally transform your life, your family's life, generations to come if we listen to the word of God. Change your whole family lineage. Break generational curses. Change your financial situation. That's why we have to share this. That's why we have to talk about it. And, all right, that clock's in the negative, so I'm, I'm, I'm going. Partner with God. God asked for 10%. He said, this is what you owe me. You know, the mafia used to ask for 30%. And all they did was protect you. And God says, give me 10% and I'll protect you. I'll bless you. I'll watch over your kids. I'll watch over your health. I'll provide for anything that you have need of. That's just a good deal. We're partnering with God. Why not make God your, 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 your business partner? Why not let God make you, make God the partner in your life as we give to him financially to see him come into it and bless what it is that we have to do? Maybe that's a challenge to some of you today. Tithe off your business. If you're not, tithe off your business. Don't you want God as your business partner? Come on. I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a business partner. It's just like a 50-50 chance they're going to do you right. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just teasing. That's not a word curse. That's a, that's a joke, all right? God's a good partner. And he asked for 10%. And so we don't have to, but we get to. And I want to challenge you. Because God is doing something so incredible and so exciting. I wrote down a couple of notes and they've disappeared. Man, the devil is a liar. They were really good. You know, the Apostle Paul talks about, he talks about be generous in all occasions. You know, and generosity isn't all about money. It, it happens to be something that is measurable, that God's really specific about. As a matter of fact, you know how many times prayer is mentioned in the Bible? Pray, the word pray. You were here, some of you were here for service, so I can't ask you to guess. Pray is mentioned in the Bible 371 times. Love, 714 times. Give is mentioned 2,152 times. God, because, because God recognizes that we, that we have to be generous people. And maybe biblical era people were just as hard-headed as we are. And we needed God to repeat something a few times. 
Maybe God's got a sense of humor. I want to challenge you with this. I'm closing right here. We need to be generous on all occasions. And it's not just resources. It's with our time, our talent, the things that God has given to us. This week, this week at the church, there was a funeral on Wednesday. And we had three or four of our elders took off work to be here, to love on a family in their most difficult week of their life. Gave of their time, gave of their resources. I mean, took a personal day. Hopefully they didn't take a sick day. They took a personal day, you know. But to be there for somebody to love with their time. I don't know anything more generous that you could do than to show up for somebody in their time of need. We've been working on the suite next door, getting it ready. And there's two people here and they were sitting right behind me. So, and now they're gone, but I'm going to shout them out anyways. So Thomas and Norma were over next door almost every day for a month, painting, cleaning, painting, cleaning, painting, cleaning, doing every work they need to do. Why all out of an offering of goodwill and said, I just want to serve. I don't know how you can be more generous. Generous with their time, generous with their talent to come in and say, I just want to serve the house of the Lord. Church, that's what God is calling us to do is to be generous people, generous on all occasions. And the last scripture I'm going to share with you is this is first Timothy chapter six, verse 18. It says this apostle Paul is encouraging Timothy and he says this, tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and should give happily to those in need, always being ready to share with others in whatever God has given them. When should we be ready? Always. Always. By doing this, they will be storing up real treasure for themselves in heaven. And it's the only safe investment for eternity. They will be living a fruitful Christian life down here as well. This incredible charge to Timothy to share with the people that, that make sure your people use their money to do good. Because in doing good here on earth, you're actually storing up treasure in heaven. You know, it's been said that, that you'll never see a, you've never seen a hearse with a U-Haul behind it. Because you can't take your stuff with you. But guess what? You can ship it ahead of time. Because the Bible says that if you do good with your money, it stores up treasure in heaven. So we've got to think differently. It's not about taking what we have here to there, but it's sending ahead. Perhaps the most significant moment of this last hour and 48 minutes was the 30 seconds we took that said it's Mission Sunday. And it said, would you prepare a special offering? This is in addition to your tithes. The difference to maybe your offerings that you usually give to say, would you sow money to missionaries that we support in this area and all around the world? Because when you give to missions, you're sowing into people sharing the good news all around the world. Think about this. When you get to heaven, who's going to be there because of what you did with your finances? Who's going to be in heaven because you gave to missions? 
who's going to be in heaven because you gave to your local church and somebody got saved like they did in first service this morning? Your money is so critical and the management of it is so fundamental to Christianity that in it, if we can be generous with our money, I believe we can be generous at everything. We'll be generous on every account. That's all I got. Do you want to be generous? We're going to pray a prayer blessing over you at the end in just a moment, but we want to take this time to celebrate one of our own, a very generous person himself. Tom, we would love to pray for you. Could you come on up? You guys, do you love Tom? Who? Come on up. And Pastor Bill's going to come up. And, and Tom has served at Oasis City Church so faithfully for so many years. I'll never forget. He came to a church picnic. And he said he'd never been to a church service. The first time I met Tom, he was at a church picnic. And he said, I've been waiting years for you guys to get here. And he joined our church at a church picnic without ever, ever stepped foot into our, a, a meeting, a church service that we had. And he served faithful in so many areas, and he's got a great adventure that awaits him. Yeah. And we just want to be a blessing to him and bless him. So yep. tell us about it, Don. Yeah, so real quick, a lot of things in my life have kind of been pointing me to this place. And I'm going to take a sabbatical from life, and I'm going to step away and unplug So I'm going to be gone starting next Sunday morning. I'll be gone for six or seven weeks, but I do intend on coming back. Um, I'm going to drive myself out to California. And then while we're out there, my youngest daughter, Mariah, gets married and I get to officiate her wedding. And then and then I'm going to stay out there for a while. Beth's going to fly back home and then I'm going to come back. So the goal is for me to unplug, to recenter. And then come back and re-engage in a different and better way. That's just awesome. And we honor sabbaticals and such. You extend your hands this way. We just want to pray and bless him. He's been such a blessing to this house and so faithful uh, in, in eldership uh, here and as one of our lay pastors. So, Lord, we just declare that all that Tom has poured out, even in this body, in this ministry, and the faithful pillar that he has been here over the years, God, you will be even more to him than... Uh, than he has ever been because you're so much greater and you love him so much, Lord. Um, you love him more than he loves himself. You love him more than he could love his family, even his church. You love him more than he can love you. And, and that's what we're excited about. So in this season, just give him surprises. Give him grace. Give him goodness. Even the sacrifice he's taking financially to take a, uh, uh, you know, be unpaid leave and, and such. Lord, I pray that you would just pour back into him. He's making an investment into, into his life and his ministry. And I just pray that you return it, uh, to him so much. It, it'll just be, it'll be laughable how this comes back. I thank you that his ministry is going to receive, um, 
great focus from you and great, it's like laser pointed focus. I just see a flashlight that was on a flood setting, uh, one of the mag lights and the Lord is turning it to the, to the real focus setting. And I think that's what God's doing in your life. It's been, it's been, it's been great because it's been a flood, uh, and you're being able to see, you know, so wide and see all this stuff, but God is going to narrow your focus, son. He's going to narrow it down. He's going to show you laser pinpoint exactly what he has for you in the future. And uh, so you'll be blessed. You'll be free from accidents, free from incidents. You'll be free from depression. You'll be free from anxiety. You'll be free from worry. You'll be free from doubt. And you'll be filled with the goodness of the Lord, with peace that passes surely all of your understanding. It will keep your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. You will come back a changed man. You will come back laser focused. You will come back on fire and we'll receive you and pray for you while you're away in the name of Jesus. Yes. Amen. Amen. Hey, Thank you. yeah, we're, we're about done. Yeah. But I think we are done. Are we Why don't ta- tap dancing or anything. No, something okay, like so that. I'll lead us next week's cultural, our cultural celebration. So where Something from your country of origin. My my family like way back from Scotland. So I'm gonna measure. Might have to stay off the stage next week. Um, maybe a football jersey will, would work. A soccer. Uh, it's gonna be a great celebration. Listen, if you've not been baptized, we're gonna baptize people yesterday, next Sunday. We're gonna baptize people next Sunday. Y'all got me distracted. Uh, but let me say it like this. When we tithe, we, God rebukes the devourer. Baptism isn't just a symbol of salvation. It, it's a command that we must follow. So if we're, if we're, if we're saved but not baptized, and I mean like immersed, dunked under, if you've been sprinkled, like that's awesome. You got dedicated to the Lord. You need to be baptized. Like, dunked under and uh and so if you're if you haven't been baptized but you are saved there's no condemnation in this statement uh but you're not being obedient so if you're walking in disobedience the enemy has access to you so we dunk you under the water you slam the door in the enemy's face and say no more access can't question my salvation i know that i'm a child of god that i'm born again that i'm that i'm following you and i'm spending eternity in heaven are you are you with me you gotta be baptized and so you can still sign up on the app if you haven't been baptized you need somebody know somebody that needs to be and uh we're gonna have a cultural celebration next sunday it's gonna be like unlike anything you've ever seen in church i think uh and i'm so excited i can't wait to hear about it so i can't wait to be here it's gonna be a great time would you stand our prayer team's coming to the front. If you need prayer for anything in your life, physical healing, uh, you need a touch from God. If you don't know Jesus, we want to introduce you today. We just want you to, to come to the front as we get ready to dismiss here and, and find him, walk in relationship with him. Uh, and, and I want to speak a prayer blessing over you right as before we go here. But these words of knowledge came before a first service. Somebody got up early to pray for you. And this is what God told them. Uh, if you have an old back injury, anxiety, nervous stomach, uh, skin conditions, particularly in the cabeza area, your head region, uh, uh, we want to pray for you. Uh, and so we want to ask you to come as, as we dismiss the service here. Does that sound good? Thank you, Lord. God, you've been so good. God, you've been so good. Just speak a prayer of blessing over you. Father, thank you, Lord, for your people today. 
God, we're going to pray a bold prayer today. God, make us generous people. If you so dare, just say that now in your own way. God, we dare to ask. God, make us generous people. That We know that's scary because you're going to give us opportunities to be generous. So, Lord, make us generous people. Help us to be givers. Help us to be selfless, to put other people first. And so, Lord, I bless your people today, Lord, that as they walk and follow you, that they would be a light in dark places. God, that they would go with the blessing of the Lord. God, that they would take your good news wherever their feet step, God, that they would overflow with your Holy Spirit to everyone they come in contact with you, that the goodness of the Lord would flow out of them, that their light would be, their life would be a light that shines so bright in Jesus' name. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Amen. 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 Thank you for coming today. We'll see you in the lobby. If you need prayer, come to the front. We want to pray with you. God bless you. Have an incredible week, and we'll see you next Sunday.